So today we are going to talk about my second birth story. We've already recorded the first one for my daughter Ruby, but today is about my second child, which is Lachlan, who is now two and a half, maybe a little bit longer, mm. sort of forget after a while. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so today we're going to talk about my second birth story, which was completely different to the first. Cool. Let's get into it. You're listening to the How to Mum 101 podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Karen. And I'm Felicity. those that haven't listened to the birth story with Ruby, I'll just do a really quick recap because it sort of feeds into okay, some, yeah. Of the, yeah, some of the decisions that we made with Lachlan. So with Ruby, I ended up having um, an induction at just over 40 weeks, which ended up being, I guess, a failed induction and I ended up having a C-section. So it was, um, I don't know, but maybe 18 hours post the induction with a number of different things that had been tried from you know, the gels going in to having a drip put in to my waters being broken, epidural, all the rest of it. And I still had failed to sort of progress past around two centimetres, if we're being generous, was the words of the obstetrician. Wow. So it ended up being um, what they call an emergency C-section, even though I wasn't in an emergency situation. And um, as a result of sort of all those things, I had a pretty poor experience personally and um, ended up, you know, quite unwell. So I had a bit of an aversion to wanting to be induced again. Yeah. And it sort of made me ask a few questions and look at getting a different medical team. Mm. Not that anybody did anything wrong. I just had a bad experience. So, yeah. Yeah. So, which I think is pretty... Wanted to change things up again. Yeah. I just... Time to definitely. get a different experience. Yeah. So, um, ironically though, I did actually... When I found out that I was pregnant, I contacted my original obstetrician. Mm. Probably this is the, probably the tipping point for me as well, which maybe find somebody else. Okay. Is the receptionist remembered me and we had a bit of a chat and she said, "Yep, yeah, cool, no worries. When's the baby due?" And I said it was due um, what we thought was in September. And she said, "Oh, this obstetrician. Oh, she's actually going to be on leave for that month. Oh, but you had a cesarean last time, so you know we'll probably book you in beforehand anyway. So it's all fine." Um, we'll book you in we'll put you on the books basically and then that was kind of done and I hung up the phone and I just I started thinking about it afterwards and I thought that's pretty presumptuous yeah the, the receptionist let alone the doctor just made a decision on your birth plan for you yeah and I think you get that a lot through mm. pregnancy and that you know people kind of presume things or assume things and we've talked about this before as well if you don't have the the tools or the right questions to ask a lot of women can find themselves in situations they didn't expect or intend on so I spoke to my husband about that and I sort of said to him, look, we haven't really talked about it and who knows what's going to happen at the end of the day, but I wouldn't mind trying to have a V-back um, this time because I did end up having a caesarean and I wanted to try to see where, you know, where, where it went to and I didn't really like just being that decision being made for me. So that probably was the first thing that happened that made me sort of look for a different um, obstetrician. And I did a bit of research with some obstetricians in Adelaide and found one that at the time um, I had a discussion with and was, was pro-VBAC if the circumstances were okay. Yep. And that's what made me choose her. And I felt really confident with that decision and I really connected with her and had a good experience with her throughout. So pretty standard, you know, in terms of all of the appointments and things like that. I had all the usual symptoms that I did the first time, mm. like the horrible reflux, but I got onto it quicker this time because I knew what it was. Yeah. I had, you know, the leg cramps and spasms, but I got onto the magnesium pretty quickly. Um, I had some carpal tunnel creeping in again as well, but we started doing some physiotherapy and, 
you know, I got some exercises and I got some, you know, arm braces and stuff. So felt, you know, I learned from that first time. Yeah. Which was pretty good. But um, I guess sort of, you know, as, as things were going along, we were always talking about my intent to have a VBAC. And, and obviously this obstetrician was, was quite pro that. But I think it's probably when I got into the, the third trimester, I started feeling pretty uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> and started, you know, I guess my positive mindset started bearing down again. And I think I already knew that I, I had had a cesarean before and that was still an option. But I was still really nervous and reluctant to being induced and I guess I kind of packaged that all up together so I associated the induction the cesarean the whole experience as being bad yeah and me not enjoying the experience me not being in control of my decisions and me being really unwell in hospital and you know not really it's just sort of all being a bit of a blur towards the end so I started really unpacking that with the obstetrician in terms of exactly like what was my version and we drilled down to it was, you know, me not wanting to feel sick again and being out of okay. control. So um, we we started talking about what it might look like if I had to, if I not had to, if we chose to have a planned cesarean. So I guess as, I won't, I won't say her demeanour changed, but when I started getting a bit bigger and a bit more uncomfortable and we sort of started talking about, well, you're, you are older now, <laughs> right? You are older. Geriatric. Yeah, yeah. So I think late 30s, um, like 39, so I was 39. So not only have, has my body changed a little bit and everything's changed, even, even that was only two and a half years later, but a couple of years can be, be yeah. a lot. You are older and just with age, there become more risks associated with pregnancy. So we started talking about some of those. Um, the fact that I'd already had one cesarean as well. So just certain certainly talked about that as well. And then also... Um, the fact that it was a big baby. So that were the three things that started coming up. Yeah. And this was late in your your pregnancy? Yeah, like this was, yeah, 30s. like, yeah, in the 30s. Like yeah. From sometime in week 30, I can't really remember, but started to feel, again, like there was probably an underlying route that was going to go down, even though we sort okay. of talked about it, you know, going for a VBAC to start with. Yeah, absolutely, if it's safe to do so, that was mm-hmm. the narrative that was coming out. Yeah. Um, but kind of, it sounds like you had maybe an a sort of idea that it, you might just end up with a c-section anyway and that might be that might suit you from a control perspective yes. yeah it did, it did but i also was like oh but why did i really want to have a v-back in the first place right. so i went through all that what are the benefits of, what are yeah. the benefits and why did i choose that anyway so so yeah there was sort of a lot of that going on at that time um and um one of the things that that she the obstetrician did that was fantastic was because we she basically said it was the unknown for you and not knowing and not being able to make decisions so um, as a medical professional, based on some of those things we talked about, so the fact that we think it's going to be a big baby, that you have had a cesarean in your age, medically, it probably I, I wouldn't feel comfortable letting you um, gestate past 38.5. So 38 wow. weeks and okay. 5, 38 weeks, and I was going to say eight days. 38 okay. weeks <laughs> and five days. Yeah. So we started sort of negotiating on what the deadline might be to give me, I guess, a, a clarity in my mind that I wasn't going to um, okay. get to a time and then all of a sudden there was a decision because it was one of those things that happened very quickly for me last time. So we sort of started talking about agreeing on a date so that I could, I guess, mentally prepare myself. If my body hadn't laboured naturally by 38.5, that we had a date booked in. And I think as well, like from a planning perspective, there's only so many beds, there's only so many um, staff, and they need to plan for these things as well. So um, having a date actually secures you a bed essentially and and the care. So very... um, Logistical. Logistical when you start talking about it like that. But um, that's kind of one of the things that we talked about as well. 
And um, and I sort of started to feel a bit clearer that, yeah, okay, well, we've got up until this time. And even though I got past 40 weeks the first time and it didn't happen on its own. Um, so the second thing that we did after agreeing on a date that I could could potentially go to on my own was um, my obstetrician arranged a one-on-one time for me with the anaesthetist because I couldn't tell you what was happening in the induction until it happened and there was some um, drugs that were given to me that I wasn't um, that my body didn't react well to yeah Um, and that's what made me really sick and I started this is with Ruby I started getting really unwell and vomiting and I vomited for basically six or eight hours after I had had her and then I had something like five different types of anti-nausea and I kept vomiting Um, and I had a real fear about that because it was just the most uh, it was like having the worst gastro Mm -hmm. of your life after just having a cesarean and not being able to hold your baby (laughs) so I just didn't want that to happen again so if if I ended up with a cesarean that was fine but I just didn't want that to happen again so what this anaesthetist did it was a different anaesthetist from the first one is he ordered my hospital records and I had an appointment with him and we talked about what my fear was and what my concern was and then we actually talked about um we went back to that day and we sort of played it all out how I remembered it and he said okay so and what do you remember happening I said around this time is when a drip was put in me and he said how did you feel and I said well I started feeling itchy and I started feeling nauseous and I started vomiting he said okay so what was in what that medication was when that drip went in was x and he explained it to me Mm -hmm. And he explained um, what was happening to me and why I felt that way. And he said an alternative to that would be X. So we actually talked through each of the steps and how I felt and what happened to me and what the reaction was and had a completely different plan. So he said, yeah, I can see here what happened and what your reaction was and what they gave you. So we won't use any of those drugs and we'll do this instead. And... Um, and if, you know, if we do end up having a cesarean, I'll give you anti-nausea before mm. you actually need it. Awesome. So that it's already starting to work so that we're not on the back foot. Yeah. And he said, and if you have a planned cesarean, you'll come in in the morning. So you would have been at home the night before. You would have slept, hopefully, <laughs> maybe. But, you know, you'll be at home in the comfort of your own bed. You'll wake up in the morning, you'll have a shower, you'll come in refreshed. What happened last time was you came in the night before, they put in the gels. Mm. You didn't sleep all night. You were sick all day. By the time it got to having the baby, you were already so sick and so unwell and not really with it and hadn't made no any energy. Decision. Yeah. No energy, tired, dehydrated. Um, and that's why your body couldn't cope with all the extra drugs that were given to you. You might have had a reaction anyway. So none of that's going to happen. We're going to start out with mm. you're going to be rested. You're going to be coming in. You are going to be aware, coherent. Mm. You know, we're going to be able to talk to you. We're going to give you the anti-nausea before we even start. So you, even if the sickness. So it was a completely different experience. And I left that meeting with him feeling a lot more like I had a, a proper plan. And it was one that we discussed together. Mm. Um and Sounds that, like he gave you a lot of comfort and confidence that it was going to be different. He really yeah. did. Yeah, absolutely. And I felt really positive about that afterwards. And I felt very confident about going in for a planned cesarean as opposed to an induction, yeah. which can go in so many different ways. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Wow. <sighs> yes. <laughs> That's like before we even get started, that yeah. there's a lot to consider there so it's and it just shows how important a first birth is in influencing your mindset for the second one yeah that's really interesting it really is um and so i I basically like fast forward to 38 and a half weeks and i hadn't labored on my own so we went in for a cesarean so i'd you know slept the night before we'd organized care for ruby um went into the hospital i was supposed to be first on the list so that was fine was feeling good like i got up had a shower washed my hair had blow-dried hair um, wasn't allowed to eat because you're not allowed to eat but that was okay and so we were in the hospital room and I was feeling great 
And then, well, once that was feeling great, oh, I had pretty severe Braxton Hicks towards that part of my pregnancy anyway. And at that time, I was having like quite a quite a strong tightening while Braxton Hicks and a midwife came in um, to let me know that they'd had an emergency um, cesarean come in and that, they were, that I'd been sort of put second on the list. And while she was talking to me, she said, are you okay? And I said, oh, yeah, I'm just having a, having a pretty intense Braxton Hicks. She said, oh, okay, because she obviously noticed the look on my face. <laughs> She came over and sort of started touching my stomach and she said, no, I'm pretty sure you're having a contraction. And I said, what? What do you mean? No, I'm That's having... not in the plan. That's not in the plan. And she said, no, you're having a contraction. And I was It's amazing like, how they know. Yeah. So I started freaking out mildly, like just a mild freak out. Yeah. Because I thought this could happen and I might end up having, now am I having, am I having a vaginal birth or am I having a cesarean? Like what's going to happen? Because I just expected, you know, contractions then I'm not going to be having a cesarean I'm going to be having a vaginal birth and the whole plan's changed and there goes my control um and I actually got really overwhelmed and started crying just all the emotions Mm. um and my husband couldn't understand he's like what's wrong and I said to him I'm just uh, I'm I'm having these really strong contractions now and I think I started overthinking it and I was just really worried that Mm. I wasn't going to be in control again of what was happening um because I was in control in my mind but Turned out that obviously a baby doesn't come out that quickly for me anyway. And by the time um, the first emergency cesarean had been done, which was probably only like within an hour, I was being wheeled into theatre um, and and had a really calm, peaceful cesarean. Um, I remember feeling a slight, slight wave of nausea at one point and I looked at my husband and as I looked at him, the anaesthetist came over and he said, yep, got that. I've just done this and put this in. He must have just been, he was watching me and he saw, he must have seen something in me and Mm. put the anti-nausea through the drip and like within 10 seconds I felt great again. Um, And it was just completely different. I was so... So calm. So calm. I mean, there were still like heaps of people in there, which is just such a surprise. Mm. But I was so awake, so calm, so with it. The only other thing that I do remember was, um, because I was a lot more awake and a lot more aware, I remember a lot more of, like, pulling and tugging. Okay. So they do say to you, you know, you're supposed to feel a little bit of, like, feeling a bit of pulling or tugging is normal, but you mm. shouldn't be painful. Okay. But I felt like my whole body was, like, being jolted. Wow. Um, and didn't know what I was having this time either, so we'd had a surprise the whole time. Yeah. And then, yeah, little boy comes out, so I knew he was a boy straight away. <laughs> you could spot it I spotted it um and yeah and then everything sort of just you know he got cleaned up and it was just a completely different experience because the last time it was just like just a bit phasey and I look at the photos of me like in the theater and afterwards and I just look so worn out and so tired and so sick and like I remember with Ruby asking them to take her away when they tried to give her to me because I felt like I was going to vomit um and so it was just a completely different experience this time so even though I didn't push for a V-back and I changed my mind and I was happy to go mm. with... I felt like I was still making decisions based on, you know, before being in the pressure cooker environment of not knowing what was going on with the induction. So, yeah, that's that's my story with Lachlan. Wow. And um, I remember you your, your experience with Ruby. <sighs> Forgive me if I'm putting emotions on you, but it sounded as if you had a lot of regret about not being prepared in terms of what decisions you might be faced with along the way yes not not being quite sure of what to do next and it sounds like you had absolutely none of that apart from a minor freak out (laughs) (laughs) 
with, with Lachlan. Is that, is yes. that accurate? It is. Yeah. You're absolutely right. It's exactly right because I, with Ruby, I wanted to be this kind of, I didn't want to be that, um, the mum that's, you know, asking all the questions and demanding this and right. this is my birth plan. I wanted to be really chilled out and relaxed and I kept saying the entire pregnancy, you know, I'm just going to trust the experts, mm. putting my hands in, you know, that's what they do. This is their thing. They do this all day, every day. But I, because of that mindset, I hadn't considered what questions to ask. And mm. definitely because I ended up feeling sick. I wasn't prepared mm. for feeling sick. And I didn't know, like, if the gels didn't make me dilate mm. with the induction. Like, I didn't know what would come next. And then I didn't know there was going to be a drip. And I didn't know that they would have to do all these things and that I still would only get to two centimetres and I still didn't get to have a yeah. vaginal birth. And I still ended up having a cesarean and I was really sick. So... I definitely have heaps of regret about that and that was you know I think that was what up front with my next obstetrician and the anaesthetist test mm-hmm. about I need to not be in control like obviously things are still going to happen outside yeah. of your control and you know there's always going to be stuff that you can't be prepared for mm-hmm. but in terms of making decisions about the type of birth that I wanted to have and yeah just it was completely different um and also just yeah ask, asking the questions it's yeah. a big one that keeps coming up you know when we had the interview with with Roz from mm-hmm. the, the Hello Baby midwifery you know one of her biggest things was ask questions like yeah. if your care providers aren't prepared to ask answer your questions then they're not the right provider for you yeah um so all of my um nervousness and mm. concern was addressed by me being able to ask questions and get answers and not feeling not being made to feel like I was being you know sensitive or emotional yeah. or, or overbearing like it was mm. like no that's a valid concern and if that's how you're feeling we need to overcome it so yeah, yeah it was a completely different experience and yeah I felt like there was a lot more control even though I changed my mind at the last minute well not the last minute but mm. I I changed my mindset through the pregnancy about you know really pr- trying to push for that v-back and, and being comfortable having this cesarean yeah and it's and look there's always going to be things you can't control but it sounds like it was um the word empowered is is yes. in my head like the first time you sort of put your hand out and said just take me wherever you want to take me and the second time you took control you were empowered to make those um to, to make sure people understood how you felt and what you wanted. Yes. And even though you might not have had all, it didn't turn out exactly as you planned in the beginning, you you led the process. Yeah, and if I was unsure of something, I asked a question about yeah. it. And so so why would you need to give me that drug then? Yeah. What does that do? And what would happen if this happens? And in that scenario, yeah. so yeah. just, yeah, really trying to flesh it out a bit more. So mm. that's yeah. the biggest takeout for me is, you know, just reiterating the asking questions and feeling like you can ask questions because it's your body and it's your baby yeah and yeah absolutely they are the healthcare providers are there to assist you Mm -hmm. um and they are doing your service but you know they're not they're not doing you a favor so yeah yeah, they're they're providing a service um one which you may or may not be paying for it doesn't matter whether Mm -hmm. you're in the public private health system where you are it is still your choices and you should you should ask questions yeah yeah and tell me about that moment so what it, i think you what did you call it like the simba moment when <laughs> when ruby got pulled out what did you call it <laughs> oh like the lion king the lion moment. king yeah, yeah. was simba. it the same sort of thing with you know? yeah it was definitely and i've you know just the photos again and stuff but yeah mm. i think that it was the, the surprise of not knowing as well, okay. even though even though we'd been through that before, we you know you have suggestions about whether it's a boy or a girl, but um yeah, just having that baby pulled out. Yeah. Um and yeah, and then getting to meet him. Yes. Um and, and they put him on your chest. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, definitely. Brought okay. him over and I was a lot more with at that time as well, so yeah. 
Yeah. What happened next? Do you um, that? How long does it take to stitch you up? And then when did you go to the ward and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. So with um, with this one, I I took a little bit. I was a little bit longer in um, like they put you in like a little it's almost like back of house recovery room. Yeah, recovery yeah. room. Sort of before you go into your into your room, um, and you're in there just while the um, anaesthetic is wearing off. Just to make sure that you come out of that okay. Yeah. So um, what would happen is uh, at regular intervals, a nurse would come and just sort of, you know, put ice. I don't know whether they put ice on your leg or they touch your leg or whatever. Uh, yeah. Just to wait to check that the feeling's coming back. Um, it took a little bit longer, I, I think, than anticipated. Like not like hours and hours, but I was in there for probably maybe two two hours. And during that time, you know, Lachlan came in, he was with us as well, and I was able to feed him. Um, so, yeah, we're just sort of in that area and just having the first feed and having that sort of first skin on skin and, mm. and getting used to learning to try and feed again. <laughs> <laughs> Which you just unlearn and you forget. And every baby's different. So, yeah, so, but again, completely with it and um, and in that area. And then, um, yeah, once the feeling had come back and that, that they felt that that was safe, then you sort of get wheeled into your room and, and then you're sort of in there. I Because I had a cesarean, I was there for five days and I was happy to stay. Yeah. My husband went home at nights because of we've got a daughter, obviously. So, um, and she came in, I think she came in the next day. Which was interesting. How was that? Um, she was excited to start with, but they lose interest very quickly. Oh, okay. It's like, oh, yeah, seen that. Yeah. What's next? Yeah, she was happy, but also, like, wanting to climb up on the bed. It's like, oh, no, watch out, mummy's tummy and yeah. stuff like that. But we, I think a lot of people do this now as well. You know, you organise a gift for the baby okay. from the child and you organise a gift for the child from the baby. So, okay. so it's like, you know, Ruby, here's a gift for you from Lachlan and, <laughs> and, you know, and then Dave had something. He's like, you know, do you want to give this to him? So, you know, we'd got a little comforter that she could give him and, and Lachlan's gift to her was like a box with like, it's like activity stuff and some snacks that she could, you know, utilise in the hospital. Um, so yeah, she, she had a little activity box in my mm. room. So when she would come in, she could, she's only like two and three months. Yeah. So still very little. You forget how little they are. Yeah. For, for them to comprehend it all. The best thing for her was when she would come and visit me and she would get to eat my food. <laughs> so, you know, in the hospital you get you they always give you a variety of stuff, but there's usually like a little yogurt or a custard on the okay. side and an apple juice and she just thought that was amazing. So I just wouldn't eat any of those and I'd put them all in the fridge and it's like a little hotel room for her. She'd come yeah. in and open the door and oh, I'm gonna have a custard and you know, all that come in with the little biscuit packets with your Oh, yeah. your coffee so she was like this is the best like yeah. don't worry move over mum where's the food yeah. where's my activity box and where's my food yeah awesome yeah. so yeah and um Lachlan he tell us about how how big was he and and he passed all his health checks and breastfeeding and all that stuff you want me to remember all those things <laughs> <laughs> no so he was he wasn't a big baby which was okay. one of the things that we were avoiding a yeah. VBAC for um he was three and a half kilos which is pretty standard size yep. don't know what it relates to in pounds now i think we're in this like really limbo mm, so of like still talk pounds kilos yep. and pounds but three and a half kilos is pretty normal i think it's around seven pounds mm-hmm. um and he was like 50 51 centimeters so nothing too like too long or too obscure and yeah he was born at sort of like i think came out about 10 o'clock in the morning mm. no issues with any of the tests that they do in the hospital and mm. yeah all what, good what was the other question took to breastfeeding okay he did yeah yeah, yeah loved it yeah, awesome. Uh, yeah, I think, um, and I ended up breastfeeding him for almost 12 months, so, yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, Blake. Is there anything else that you wanted to add, or is that... Yeah, I think, you know, if you haven't listened to the other birth story and you are sort of wanting to compare, then maybe go back and listen to the birth story with Ruby, mm-hmm. um, because, you know, the message is probably the same. The message for both times, even though they were completely different, is, you know, the learning from me for Ruby's birth was 
to be a bit more prepared. Like have a relaxed attitude and have a relaxed mindset and a go with the flow mindset is fine. But understanding um, what you're... Be informed about it. Yeah, not what you're signing up for, but what, what might happen mm. and and what else might happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, don't be afraid to ask questions or push back if you're unsure of something. Um, and, you know, learn from learn from those those things but yeah it's just the questions yeah ask some questions yeah cool thanks for listening thank you again i learned so much we don't talk in detail enough about our birth experiences like we often just say yeah oh yeah was a cesarean yeah 3.5 kilos <laughs> but yeah there's so much detail in there that was um good to good to learn and nice to hear and nice to hear that you had a a better experience from a mindset point of view as well absolutely thank you